You are now tuned in to the Kicking and Dolo YouTube channel. The Little Sports YouTube channel. What's going on? It's your boy Dolo J, and welcome back to the Kicking and Dolo podcast, the sports podcast where we talk about football, basketball, past, present, and future, top five, top ten stats, and more. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Alright man, I'm back with another episode I've been mainly trying to get the sports channel off the ground So y'all make sure y'all go follow your boy on YouTube And kicking it down For all the podcasts, other sports videos And stuff like that Um, I'm gonna eventually try and get some more people on here man uh, I'm working on that I ain't gonna speak too much into it But uh, yeah, let's get into the episode <clears throat> So we're gonna get into the NFL portion of the episode First, I'm gonna talk about previously the third uh, the 49ers 21, Seahawks 13. Uh, Brock Purdy again, you know, just coming in and you know doing his thing. 17 to 26 for 217 yards and two touchdowns. McCaffrey had 26 carries for 108 yards, one touchdown, six receptions, 30 yards. Kittle being a beast, you know, Kittle over the middle. That's my that's what I like to say. Kittle, Kittle over the middle. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? So if that be trademark, you just know where it came from. But, uh, yeah, four assists for 93 yards, two touchdowns. Geno Smith. Looks like the Captain Ginyu technique might have wore off a little bit. Might have wore off a little bit. 31-44 for 238, one touchdown. Kenneth Walker, 12 carries, 47 yards. Lockett, seven receptions for 68 yards. And Metcalf, seven receptions for 55 yards. So, uh, Brock Purdy was basically a game-time decision. Basically, I was watching the game, and I also seen something where... I think one of the one of the commentators, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the commentators basically said that uh, Kyle Shanahan didn't even know going into warm-ups whether or not he was going to start Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy ended up starting anyway, and as I said, he went for 217. Uh, McCaffrey having 108 on the ground is very, very good. It helps the offense keep the offense balanced, um, keeps the defense honest as well. And, you know, if you're not asking Brock Purdy to do too much, he did have 27. 26 pass attempts, excuse me, but at the same time, you kind of want that anywhere from maybe 20, 26, 15 if you can get it that low in the run game. It's just really, and y'all just really like beasting and feasting on the boys. But uh, yeah, the last two games, basically, you know, since coming in, uh, actually two and a half, I want to say, maybe two and three, maybe two and a quarter, possibly uh, after Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot. So what's going on with San Francisco 49er quarterbacks, bro? Trey Lance basically broke his ankle. Jimmy Garoppolo basically broke his foot. Now Brock Purdy started. He had some rib injuries. Then they signed um, somebody I believe his name is James Johnson. If I'm not mistaken, they thought he was going to have to go. But um, I'm going to tell you right now, I really didn't think he was going to pull off no Baker Mayfield or anything of that nature. But um, yeah, man, it's real cool to see what Brock Purdy has been doing. You know, in his two starts. Last week, they played the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had two touchdowns as well, and uh, he also had one rushing. Uh, they ended up winning 35-7, to seven, I believe. Yes, 35-7. to seven. That's, what, that's what the score was. And uh, it's just looking real, real bleak. Um, real, real bleak for Tampa Bay right now. Real, real bleak. Um, we're going to talk about them in a minute. But with that win, also the 49ers, they also clinched. The NFC West, so it's real interesting to see what's there going on. I believe they're the first team in the NFC to clinch their division. But uh, yeah, going on to the NFC South, 
Talk about Tampa Bay just came off a a, a lackluster performance to say the least against the 49ers. Like I said, uh, only amassing one touchdown. Uh, it's real strange to see a Tom Brady led team only be six and seven with four games left. Um, but they can pro- possibly, you know, wheel out four straight victories and be ten and seven. And, season probably didn't start off good, but you know, 10 wins, they can still do 10 wins. The next four games are against Cincinnati, Arizona, Carolina, and Atlanta. Uh, Carolina is 5-8. and eight. Uh, I believe they still mathematically have a chance to win. Their next four games is against Pittsburgh, Detroit. They also play Tampa Bay, so you know, that game is going to be very, you know, telling them what's going on and uh, how the division plays out. And they also play New Orleans to end the season. Uh, Atlanta play is... Atlanta is 4-9, which is real crazy to me. Uh, New Orleans, Baltimore, Arizona, and Tampa Bay are their last four. New Orleans is 4-9 as well. Uh, they play Atlanta on Sunday. Cleveland, and then they have Philadelphia. I'm already chalking that up as a loss for the uh, New Orleans. And then they end the season at Carolina. <clears throat> so, somebody has to win the division. Like I said, uh, the teams, nobody has more than six wins. Everybody is below 500 now. Tampa Bay has a chance to creep to 500 with the victory over Cincinnati on Sunday. Uh, Carolina, they will still have to, they will have to win three straight games to jump to 500. And uh, there's no chance for Atlanta nor New Orleans to actually finish 500, given the fact that there is an additional 17th game. And both teams already have nine losses on the season. So, uh, who do I believe is going to? Come out of this division, I'm going to still go with Tom Brady, given the fact that it's Tom Brady. But, um, and the Carolina game is going to be real telling. They play Carolina. Uh, the Atlanta game, I don't believe, is going to be too telling. It might, depend on how the other three games go out. But the Carolina game, in my opinion, I'm going to circle the Carolina. The Panthers and the Buccaneers game. Seven, week, yeah, week 17. Yeah, that would be week 17. Because last week would be week 18. But yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, another thing to touch on in the NFL, just a few signings briefly, extremely brief. Uh, Cole Beasley ended up signing back with the uh, Buffalo Bills to the practice squad and uh, expected to be, um, I think he's supposed to be, yeah, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Upgraded, excuse me, y'all. I'm tired. I've been to work. And I've just been up. I got done watching the Lakers game. You know, I had to watch that. I might do some dodo lights on that. But, uh, yeah. Back to the, uh, back to the signings. Yeah. Cole Beasley to the Bills. And then T.Y. Hilton to Dallas. Uh, I really like Cole Beasley. It gives him another, another weapon, basically. Uh, I'm pretty sure the offense isn't too much more different. Maybe just the terminologies and maybe just a couple of different placements to the best of my knowledge. Uh, but given the fact that he has, you know, played with them last season, I think he can come back in. And uh, I don't want to say necessarily say he's going to be a big part of what they're doing. I still think Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox uh, really are just like, uh, you know, the top three uh, pass catchers for the Bills. But uh, the fact that Cole Beasley is already familiar with Josh Allen, I believe is going to help a lot. T.Y. Hilton to Dallas. Uh, I really like it. 
I didn't expect really T.Y. Hilton to be signed this season. I didn't know that he missed a lot of games last season. Uh, a total of 10, maybe 11 games last season, I think, due to the multitude of injuries. But, uh, yeah, I like the signing for Dallas. Ultimately, we know that they were in the running for Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he did not work out for them. I think T.Y. did, and they say he killed it. So, I just, so it makes sense why they would sign him. Uh, to me, Odell Beckham probably should wait. Given the fact that it is the second time you've had surgery on your knee, it's the same injury, and I believe, you know, I don't think his career is over with yet. I think Odell still has a couple of, I wouldn't say great seasons, I think he still has two or three more good seasons in him, where he can be viable for your offense, maybe as a number three option, maybe number two option. But yeah, I really, I still like the signing of T.Y. T to Dallas, but we're going to see where Odell ends up. Um, it's all about what Odell wants. We already know that, you know, people inside, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm inside the sports realm, but just even like as a guy trying to break into the sports realm, you know, looking at it from that perspective, you know, does he want a championship, does he want money, I know he has a kid, so, you know, I know he wants to be able to take care of his kid and also play the sport that he loves, but I know eventually he is going to transition over into probably something else, so, it's all about what Odell wants at this point in his life. I wish the best for him. Uh, I do want to see him back in the NFL. I do like watching Odell Beckham play football. Just the type of enthusiasm he can bring to a team. And just seeing what he did for the Rams over the course of the last, what, seven to eight games over the season and in the playoffs last season, you know. And it was real, real, it hurt me because uh, then he, I believe he caught caught a touchdown in the uh in the Super Bowl if I'm not mistaken. I believe he did. Or maybe Cooper Cup caught it. I don't know. But anyway, um yeah, so last thing about the NFL. Can can the Cowboys be caught by Philadelphia? I mean can yeah, ah excuse me. Can the can the Cowboys catch Philly? Now Philly's twelve and one as we know the Cowboys are ten and three both teams have four games left. They do, end up, they do end up meeting again before the season is over with. So, we're gonna, you know, America's going to be tuned into that game. Um, I believe if Philly loses two of their last four and the, Dow and the Cowboys win out, then I believe that maybe possibly Everybody's going to say Jacksonville is going to be a lot stronger opponent for the uh, Dallas Cowboys versus, you know, the Chicago Bears for the Philadelphia Eagles. But any given Sunday, I wouldn't overlook any team if I was either one of these teams. You know, it's a division game they got going up. And the NFC East is pretty good. Um, the Commanders, they were like 6-5. and five. You know, they fell off a little bit. The Giants were like 7-3 and three at one point in time. They haven't been playing the best football lately. But it's going to be real interesting and real cool to see how the NFC plays out. Can the Cowboys, you know, rattle the Eagles a little bit and, you know, have a chance to get that first round by? We already know it's only one first round by in each conference. So it's going to be real, real interesting to see how that plays out. So, all right, man, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the NBA portion of the episode. Uh, 
we're just going to talk about two games that transpired tonight. Basically, uh, one, the first game, Warriors and 76ers. The Warriors end up losing 106 to 118. Uh, Steph Curry did injure his shoulder. They're calling it a, I don't know how to pronounce this word correctly, subluxation. I believe that's the correct term. Subluxation. And it says that he's going to be out for a few weeks. Matter of fact, let me see what that. Let's see what that word. Let's see what that word means. I want to see. I should have looked it up earlier. Uh, yeah. Let's see. No, I'll just look it up on my phone. Subluxation. A slight misalignment of vertebrae regarded in therapeutic therapy as cause of many health problems. So basically it's a partial dislocation. So his shoulder is is partially dislocated. Okay. I kind of figured by the way he was grabbing it because he was kind of like pinching it. Not like really like holding it, like holding it like it hurt. Like it's just probably been bumped or something. He was literally like pitch it like he was trying to hold it in place. So, uh, yeah. But uh, tonight, Poole had 29 points in the, you know, starting in the place of uh, Stephen Curry. Clay had 12. He went 4 17. Didn't have the best night. Only 3 of 8 from 3. And B, 34 13. Harden had 27 and 9. Uh, beginning of the game, you know, the Warriors were doing their thing. But uh, ultimately, when you miss a player with the caliber of Stephen Curry, it's going to be extremely hard to close out a game. Now, they have the talent to do it. Um, Clay hasn't been his best this season. We know Draymond hasn't been his best this season. Poole hasn't been playing to what we expect from Poole. But, uh, yeah, and Curry was really holding a lot of it together, you know, just with amazing scoring nights. I think he was averaging almost 31 points on the season. I think I, I think he's also averaging, like, me seven seven rebounds and seven assists as well. So, basically, just the, the – Draymond's the vocal leader, and I get it. Like, he's, like, the enforcer type. But uh, Curry is the undoubtedly, undoubtedly the number one guy and the main leader, in my opinion. He's the number one. He might not be as vocal as Draymond. Draymond might say it, but Curry's going to go out there and he's going to lead by example. That's just his thing. Um, I believe he doesn't really yell or, you know, I think he just, he might just go up and just talk to you and be like, just, hey, you know what I'm saying? You need to, on that cut, you need to go that way and go, you know what I'm saying? And boom, boom. And you know what I'm saying? And I come out and three. You know what I'm saying? That's what I would be if I were Curry. But who? I'm, every time I call him to play, it's for me to shoot. I don't care about nothing. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But if I had Curry's talent for real, I probably would play the exact same way he plays. But that's crazy, though, because he had the second highest vertical in his drive class, and he rarely ever dunks. He doesn't really dunk in the game. He really plays, like, below the rim. But he's still an amazing scorer, an amazing scorer. So, a uh, few weeks, hopefully, you know, Curry comes back and, you know, doesn't miss too much time. Uh, you know, barring any setbacks or anything like that, but uh, it's really gonna hurt the it's really gonna hurt the Warriors though. It's a chance. I mean, it's real early in the season, 
So, you know, I don't think they're going to lose too much ground. Now, let's say this might have happened in March and they didn't really have the best season. Then I think they will probably ultimately end up being a play-in team. But I'm not going to say that right now. Uh, in a few weeks, we'll see how Curry feels. Um, let's see if he has surgery or not or anything like that. I think Poole is more incapable of stepping up. I don't think he's going to play to the level that Curry has been playing this season. But I do think Poole, you know, along with Clay and Draymond, and uh, James Wiseman, you know, he's back up from the G League. I Hopefully, they can keep him on the main roster and he can get more playing time against, you know, NBA competition. Not saying that the G League is not good, but I think if you want him to ultimately be what you want him to be, given the fact that you drafted him as high as you did, then you're going to need to play him. Now, there's going to be some games where he might only have two points or he might not have no points or he might have one or two rebounds. But, uh, yeah, just let him figure out the NBA game and just let the man do his thing, man. So, uh, Steve, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, keep Wiseman in the NBA. Not the G League. Main roster. It's okay. I know y'all want him to play JV sometimes. But uh, we, we, we need him to get the varsity tick. You feel me? We need the varsity tick. But, uh, yeah. And then the second game we're going to go to is going to be the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Now, the Lakers end up coming back and pulling out a victory, 126 to 108. LeBron James had 30 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Thomas Bryant, 21 points, six rebounds, one assist. My boy, Russell Westbrook, triple-double off the bench, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. The Joker, 25 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists. Good to see Murray out there. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. And Eric Gordon, 17 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Aaron. I don't know if I mistakenly said Eric by mistake, but I meant Aaron Gordon. But, uh, yeah, it was a good game. AD, he did start the game. He ended up tweaking his, I think he had some type of foot injury. It was about maybe 4 minutes and about 44, 43 seconds, somewhere in that time frame. Um, he did come ultimately come back in the game and try to give it a go again, but uh, it just wasn't. It, it, nah, he, he it, nah, he didn't look right. Um, so hopefully he doesn't miss a lot of time. I know uh, previously a few games ago he did try to go and ultimately end up sitting out when he had flu-like symptoms, and he did miss a game. I think also due to lower back. So, yeah, I think he fell hard or something like that, or he might have tweaked his back going up for a layup or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, for the most part, he's been playing good this season. I made a video on him saying is he back. So uh, he's missed a couple games since then. Uh, it's a long season, but uh, if he continues to, you know, miss games, now sporadically, maybe a game here, game there, game there. I don't really too much. And if he ultimately end up playing like 77 games out of like, 82 or he plays like 75 or even 70 that's fine with me i say ad that's basically like a full season for ad so um not to be funny or anything we know we just know the jokes always down always dinged up stuff like that but uh hopefully he doesn't really miss too much time uh the nuggets they were playing good at the beginning but towards the end of the game it's just like uh it's just like they ran out of gas once the Lakers really turned up the momentum and stuff like that, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really, 
It wasn't really the Nuggets can do to really slow, slow down the momentum. Westbrook was grabbing the rebound. LeBron was coming out, hitting threes, uh, cutting back door to the paint, layups and ones. Russell Westbrook was, you know, driving and dishing. Now, he had some turnovers. He had his, I think he had a, a span of, of maybe between the seven possessions. In those seven possessions, I think he may have had three turnovers. The team as a whole may have had probably like four or five turnovers, and Russell Westbrook had three of those turnovers. So uh, he is aggressive. He does bring the energy and stuff like that. Like I said, he was attacking the paint. Uh, he got a bank shot to go in. Uh, the three ball wasn't really falling for us tonight, but uh, he still was aggressive, and he's still taking his shots like that. It was a, he, he still misses layups. I still would like for him to, you know, get a little bit more on the layups, but he's been in the league for a little while now. And uh, you know, contact it might not it might not be able to absorb contact as much as you used to, or you know. But Russ was still doing his thing, and I just love his off the roll. I mean, off the bench roll. I love how he's embraced it, man. Like he's really like an injection of energy anytime he comes into the game, where it be a loose ball or saving a loose ball or a pass or you know what I'm saying, a layup or. Just getting his teammates pumped up after they done did something, or after they get an and one, or after they make a shot. Like it was a it was a drive where he kicked the shooter in the corner. You know, shooter had just missed the previous shot, but you know, Russ trusted him again, kick it, uh, burn one. I like that. Then he went over there to dap shooter up in the face. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that, man. So it's 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 real cool to see that. It's real cool to see that. But uh, this has been episode 18. It's going to go up on the YouTube channel first, at Kicking It Dolo. Uh, I think I'm going to probably premiere it around 9 o'clock. And then maybe around 11, noon, 12.30, I'll end up, you know, dropping the video on Spotify. And then maybe like around 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Then you'll be getting it on Apple Podcasts. But yeah, this has been your boy Dolo J. We are back with the Kicking It Dolo podcast. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you follow me on my socials. And tap in and don't miss out. Until next time. Peace.